0: Good afternoon. This is uh, Matthew Tilly here uh, with a, um, hopefully, some encouragement for you from uh, God's Word. Some encouragement for you from God's Word here that I want to give you um, out of Isaiah chapter 57. Um, A lot of times I come here with a, kind of a, in the preacher mode with three or four bullet points that I want to get across to you. I really don't have that today uh, for lots of reasons, uh, none of which are all that interesting. But I just want to kind of talk to you plain for just a moment for those that will listen. I know there are a a lot of people discouraged right now. The circumstances we're in are discouraging. Sometimes the things that we're discouraged about are circumstances of our own making and sometimes this is how the dominoes fall. we we're in a bad spot. Life's hard, things like that. And we make some choices in an effort to relieve the stress, relieve the pain, whatever that might be. And it makes it worse because the things we often choose are sinful. They don't really solve the real problem. There's a real problem underneath it that we're not even addressing. And you kind of get to that point where you're down, where you're low, where you're hurting. It might be because somebody else has done something to you. It might be because of something stupid you did. It might just be the world that we live in. Um, But I'm reminded of Isaiah chapter 57 and verse 15, where it says that, the one who is the high and lofty one—it's referring to God, of course. The high and lofty one who inhabits eternity. It says, "His name—he—he's <laughs> so big and above everybody. He is. His very name is holy." this one starts speaking, this high and lofty one, the one that inhabits eternity, the one whose name is holy. He says, I dwell in the high and holy place. Again, just underscoring who God is. God is holy. God is special. God is perfect. God has everything. He is right. There's never a time that God's wrong. And that's just kind of what he's talking about. So holy that, he can't even be in a place where unholy things are, sinful things are. And he says he dwells in a high and and holy place. But he says, I I dwell in that high and holy place, but he says, I also dwell with him that is of a contrite and humble spirit. What I want to remind you, that if you want any help, Or whatever it is you're struggling with. And I've talked to enough people that, that want some help. They, they say to me, and I hear them loud and clear, they want help. The place it's got to start is you better get heart broke. I think sometimes we get in the middle of our mess and we cry tears, feel real pain. But our heart's not broke. That's what he's talking about there, that he's going to dwell with these people who are of a contrite and humble spirit. What we're upset about is because we can't have fun with our sin anymore. It's finally caught up with us. What we're upset with is the world doesn't operate the way we want it to operate. We're upset in—we're upset for the same reason that the devil's upset. You know why he's upset? Because he ain't God. He can't control everything. And I think sometimes the tears we cry, sometimes the anger we have, the frustration we have, the upsetness that we have is not a broken spirit that says, Lord, I'm, I'm in a mess. And if you don't fix me, I, nothing's going to fix it. But it's, it's anger, it's sadness, and any number of negative emotions that we have because we don't like the mess that we're having to deal with. And I just want to go ahead and commiserate with you. I don't like the mess I have to deal with either hate it stupid especially don't like the messes that i have to deal with that i calls but i also don't like the messes that you calls and other people calls for me but there's got to come to a point where we are of a broken and contrite spirit where he says he's going to dwell with you because what he's going to do if you're of a broken contract spirit you're broken you say god i ain't got nothing else but you He says, when I dwell with him, he says, I'm going to do so to revive the spirit of the humble, to revive the heart of the contrite ones. There's a lot of discouragement that's going on right now. and I guess that's, that's sort of common to the human condition, but in 2020, and I'm talking to you in October, almost the end of October of 2020, there is a lot of discouragement there's discouragement because some people don't like how this presidential election's turning out some people are frustrated because of the virus some people have lost people because of the virus there are people who are lost their jobs because of the conditions that we're in there are other people who just it's just the tor- torments and stor- storms of life that they're dealing with but we're we're hurting our hearts are hurting we're low we're down but i'm afraid that some of our downness is because our apple cart's upset and we can't do what we want to do. It's not gotten us to the point of being broken to say, Lord, I have a contrite, a humble spirit, and I'll do whatever you want. Because he says, look at what he says there in verse twenty, uh, verse, um, excuse, verse 15. If you're a contrite spirit and humble spirit, he's going to revive you. He's going to bring you back. He's going to reinvigorate you. Because he says in verse 16, I will not contend forever. I will not always be wrong. In, in, in this passage, he's talking to people who are sinful. And, and I want to just talk to some of y'all that are discouraged. And you know, you ain't going to convince me of anything. You know that the reason you're discouraged when you boil it all down, you get down to it. The reason you're discouraged is because you are in sin. Or at some point down in the line, you have committed sin and you're paying the price for that sin. And God says, listen, I'm not mad at you. I'm not going to do that. He says, for the spirit should fail before me in the souls which I have made. He says, I love you. I'm not trying to destroy you. In fact, we know this because he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross to forgive us of our sins. So just know God ain't mad at you. He loves you. He says in verse 17, he was upset about your sin. The sin is what made him angry. And so yes, he does does punish or chastise us for that sin. He absolutely does. But he goes on and says in verse 18, I've seen his ways and will heal him. I will lead him also and restore comforts unto him into mourners. I will create the fruit of his lips, peace, peace to him that is far off. Do understand this that when you're in your circumstances, you can do one of two things. You can either allow the circumstances to break you and say, God, I'm broken. I can't do this. Or you can continue to, as Paul did, kick against the pricks, he says. That was his term. Like a horse that's getting prodded to go down a path and just kicking against it, fighting against it. You can do one of those two things. You could just say, I'm just going to I'm, gonna, I'm not going to let this break me. I'm going to fight through it, and I'm going to enjoy my sin. I'm going to try to get control of the situation, whatever your reaction is. Or you can say, Lord, whatever's going on in your life, maybe it's just the year. Maybe it's the disease that you're fighting. Maybe it's a sin in your life. Maybe it is some something someone else did to you, and you're just going to say, Lord, I'm broken. I'm messed up. I can't do this. And You might say, well, Matthew, I'm a whole lot stronger than that. Well, keep on then. I can't help you. This is supposed to be encouragement, but I'm just going to tell you, I'm not going to encourage you down that path. The encouragement that I want to give you is what he says here. There's peace to those that are far off. There's peace to those. That he will dwell with those that are of a contrite and humble spirit. Because he says in verse 20, it's the wicked." that are like the troubled seas. It's the wicked who cannot rest. It's the wicked who, when they get in trouble, they just stir up. He says there, the waters cast up mire and dirt. You, you ever been to to the ocean where the those waves are crashing in? As beautiful as that is, if you really look at what's going on there, that the, those waves as they're crashing, they're kind of stirring up the the sediment and all that stuff there. And, and I think that's what happens with us is we fight and fight and fight like furious madness. We're going to fix this. We're going to solve this. We're going to deal with this. We're going to soothe the comfort and we're going to give us comfort in our souls. And he says, no, no, all you're doing is what the wicked do. You're just fighting and fuming and you're not going to accomplish anything. He says in verse 21, there is no peace to the wicked. There's nobody. You're not going to have peace. The only way, and I want to encourage you with this thought, there's only peace when you find yourself at the end of your rope, when you find yourself where you can't do it anymore, when you find yourself at that spot where you are saying, I have no idea what to do. And you go and say to the lofty one, the high and holy one, the one who dwells in the high and holy place, the one who has dwelt from eternity past and will never cease to exist, the one who actually has the power to control all this, and you go to him and you say, God, I'm broken. Wherever I failed you, I'm sorry. And for my even my arrogance to think that I could fix this problem where they've hurt me, Or this problem where this other person is doing something I don't want them to do. Or this problem where it's a health situation. My arrogance to think that I could follow the one, two, three and solve the problem. I'm sorry, Lord. And I want you to know on the authority of God's word, I do not say these words lightly. That on the authority of God's word, that if you will come to God with that broken and contrite spirit, God will help you. If you don't believe me, I would encourage you, if you've got a minute after we're done talking here, I want you to go look at James chapter 4. You go read that passage. Especially those middle verses about, what is it, about 6, 7, 8 there. But you read that whole chapter. Just read the whole chapter. It won't hurt you. That's exactly what he's talking about there. He's saying, listen, you get off of your high horse. And I know I'm talking to some people who are hurting over some very real things that are not your fault. I'm asking you, and I mean this with a little love, an ounce of love in me, because I'm preaching the same message to myself. We got to get off of our high horse and say, "Lord, I can't do this. You got to do it. I'm broken, Lord. My circumstances have broken me. My situation has broken me. My sin has broken me. The world has broken me. 2020 has broken me. My cancer has broken me. My family has broken me. My Church, my that man, that there, that woman that did that to me, those people have broken me. Whatever the situation might be, my encouragement to you is go ahead and bring it to God and he'll solve it. You try to keep doing it yourself, you are described in Isaiah chapter 57, verses 20 and 21, and the, God himself says, you'll not have peace. But you bring it to him, he'll take care of it. It's a little different kind of encouragement today. I know that, and I hope it's been a little bit of a help to you. Um, I'll just confess to you, this is what's on my mind right now. I'm working through this myself. And I want you to know that um, God definitely cares about your situation. He definitely loves you. But we can be our own worst enemies. We can get in the way. We can cause our own problems. I want to encourage you to go ahead and get broken. Take it to the Lord. That's my Thursday encouragement for you. I hope the Lord will bless you. And I hope you have a wonderful Thursday. I'll take care now.